You're listening to ReachMD XM157, and this month's special series, Focus on Children's Health. The process of psychotherapy is a mystery to many of us. How does it actually turn people around? And how does it work in children? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host. And with me today is Dr. Lenore Tear. Dr. Tear is a clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine, and is one of the world's pioneers in the study of traumatized children. While doing a number of landmark field studies on trauma with the Chowchilla kidnap victims, the survivors of the Columbine High School shootout, and the kids who witnessed the explosion of the spacecraft Challenger, Dr. Tear has also been seeing children in her office and watching them improve. Magical Moments of Change, her latest book, tells how and why these children improve. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Tear. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. Lenore, I have to say, working with traumatized children terrifies most of us, uh, me included. How do you do it? You know, you have to take a very doctorly approach, actually. We've all been trained in med school how to stand aside a little bit, how not to get too emotionally involved in I think that all of that kind of training really helps. It's the same thing that keeps us from laughing when a patient has a hilarious injury or it keeps us from crying when somebody is coming to us with a horrible tragedy. And it also keeps us from becoming terrorized and fearful when somebody comes in with the results as in trauma of just a horribly frightening event. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your book, Magical Moments of Change. Well, I actually wrote a book to be entirely the opposite of trauma. I wanted to understand epiphanies, and I wanted to understand why do children suddenly turn around the way they do? What makes us happy when we're working with children? And and so I took the case that I've been watching for the last 16 years of a two-year-old wild child who had been so traumatized that she had become like a little wild animal by Mm. the time she was two. I took her and I took eight moments of change that I had seen in her and how they led toward her becoming a real human being from little wild animals. She's now 18, and I've watched her once a month all that time. And I looked at those eight moments, and then I started looking at my patients, and I asked something like 120 of my colleagues if they had such experiences where a kid turned around right in front of them or as they were watching it, they suddenly realized there had been a turnaround and they knew why. And actually, 33 of my colleagues knew of 48 cases Hmm. that they then wrote into my book for me. So it's not just my book, but it's contributed to by 33 other really terrific psychiatrists who had this experience themselves. Is there something in common with all of these epiphanies? Yes. It was really interesting to see that you could break it down into about four things in common that there was something about the character of the doctor, that the doctor took on a certain character with a child or something real about the doctor that ticked off this change in a child, or there was something about the doctor's atmosphere, the spirit of fun in the office or the willingness to be patient and wait, or just the way that doctor and patient talked together that made a change. Thirdly, there was something about the way the doctor got the child, the way the doctor understood, followed the kid's lead, passed the kid's tests, delved into the kid's interests that made a difference. Lastly, there was the issue of reacting in a timely and pungent way to the kid. And all of these did make a difference as far as how these 
particular kids responded. Now, I can't say that's the end of the list. It might be that if we got 33 other reports from doctors, we would find some other ways. But there were gestures that the doctor made. There were instants between the two of them where a certain smile or a look made all the difference. And this was the kind of thing that made the changes. Now, in your book, when you discuss reacting in a timely fashion, you talk about making a meaningful comment. We don't like to make meaningful comments every day, but tell us more about that. You know, it depends because child psychiatrists, child and adolescent psychiatrists, actually play with kids. They watch kids in various settings. They don't just work in their offices, but sometimes they're out in institutions. One psychiatrist who was dealing in an institution for very disturbed children noticed that a boy who was supposedly psychotic, completely psychotic, and also supposed to be mentally retarded, in fact, they called him the 3M kid. He was mentally retarded, mentally ill, and mean as hell. Oh, dear. (laughs) The 3Ms. Anyway, the doctor noticed that this boy was following a chess game on the ward. And uh, there were a couple of white boys playing chess, and this was an African-American boy. And he said, dumbass, when one of the boys moved one of his pawns. <laughs> and the doctor came up to this child and said, what, what was dumbass? Now, he was timely because he walked right up to him. Mm. And the kid said he just got his queen in trouble because he moved his pawn this way or that way. And in three moves, that queen is going to get taken. Wow. So the doctor, instead of saying, mm, that's interesting or something else, he said, the words from Humphrey Bogart, your secret is safe with me. That's uh-huh. Casablanca for you. Uh-huh. And the child, this was a teenage boy, he went to this doctor afterwards and said, what did you mean about my secret? And the doctor said, I know you're not mentally retarded, and I know you're not schizophrenic, and I know you're making all this up. Hmm. at which point the boy confessed what was going on. And there was a long story that lay behind his feigning of mental illness, but he had been in institutions for years. Hmm. And once the boy got started with this doctor, the doctor arranged for him to get tutored until he could pass his high school equivalency test, and then he went on to college. And the word from the doctor is that he has done very well in college, lives with his grandmother and is doing fine. So that this entire situation, which had institutionalized a boy, turned around by a timely comment. Wow. Powerful. Well, it was also the fact that the doctor was willing to watch this boy and try to figure out what did he mean when he said dumbass. Right, right. And not just credit it to the third M that he was mean. Right. And so I think that a lot of this is that that doctors have to be on their toes. They have to be looking diagnostically, assessing all the time, and also responding to kids in a sort of a funny way. You know, the remark was very pungent because it was right out of Casablanca. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, yes, it was plagiarized, but (laughs) it was so appropriate to this particular child. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Lenore Tare. We're discussing her book, Magical Moments of Change. Now, Dr. Tara, there's strategies that you use in psychotherapy with children that other pediatric specialists might be able to use to help the children that they see. Well, I think one of them is to always be willing to play a little. And one can play with words, but one can also play with things. And all over my desk are 
little things to play with, and kids pick them up and move them around and talk about them and give them names and get scared of some of them. And I use those in order to intrigue kids into talking with me. I think, you know, good pediatrician offices would have similar kinds of things around them. I think a GP family practitioner would have some things for people of all ages to play with. I've noticed that my adult patients, and I do have some, play with the children's toys <laughs> as well. I was just thinking that. play with them and they relax with them. It gives them a chance to just let go and talk. Yeah, it sounds fun to me. And then I'm a joker. Okay. And I don't ever joke at someone's expense. But I will joke about something they said or something that they tell me that they had a certain kind of an experience, and I may actually joke with them about it. I've made up songs and poems for certain patients, <laughs> not really elaborate ones at all. But with a toddler, I certainly will talk in poetry if I need to. Now, as a therapist, do you become an idealized parent? How does that work? I think for some children, one is an idealized parent, especially children who've had a real rough go in their homes. But I think there's so many other personas that a doctor can play. I think sometimes being the sibling a child never had, just someone who's willing to get down and play and talk with them with some childlike spirit in it. I think that one can be oneself and sometimes in an undisguised way so that a child is able to perceive how people really react to certain things. So I think one has just dozens of choices of personas to take with kids, a fairy godmother uh, with the wild child that I mentioned. This child I had a treat for 16 years once a month and because she was like a little wild animal. I think the first persona I ever was with her was the goddess of civilization, mm -hmm. showing her what mm -hmm. civilized people could do mm -hmm. because no one had ever shown her what civilized people were expected to do. Now, has she read your book? She has. She knows that it's largely, or at least the story that runs all the way through it is about her. And it is very funny that she loved certain parts of it and told me which parts of it she loved. There are some very sad things in the book about her because her ordeal did not end when she was removed from her family. She was haunted by this family, and the family actually went to work against her when the father was released from prison many years later. She had to endure things through this family, which if I told you the whole story, it would give away everything in the book. But we had a number of times that we had to work on realities together and really try to figure out what to do. And when she read about those things, I don't think she was all that happy about them. But on the other hand, she was really happy that she worked them out. Well, interesting to me, too, that you saw her just once a month through all those years, which, you know, many of us would fear is an inadequate course of therapy, but clearly it worked. Well, you know, I could only see her once a month because she lived eight hours drive away. Mm. And so it was a 16-hour drive every time she came to see me. How much can you get foster parents to do for you? You know, that right. was an awful lot when you think about it being once a month. I think that the family decided that they wanted her to see somebody who had really been experienced with traumatized kids. And that is one thing that I had been. And so I think it cut off some of the need that it would have taken much more time if I hadn't had that much experience with traumatized kids. Mm -hmm. Any final words for our listeners? Well, I think nothing is too scary for a doctor to get involved with, and I think that many of you have 
seen physically really scary things, the next step would be to look at some of the mentally scary things and see whether or not there's anything that can be done to turn a kid around. I think there are a lot more things than we will know about today. I think that there are going to be more and more of these things. And do consider MDs also as people who can do psychotherapy. It's not just all the other helping professions, but I think that doctors many times are very well trained in psychotherapy. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being on our show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We've been talking with Dr. Lenore Terr. She has a new book called Magical Moments of Change, How Psychotherapy Turns Kids Around. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and your comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM 157 presents a special series focused on children's health. To download podcasts of this series, visit us at ReachMD.com.